0: Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural food chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey guys,
1: this is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening.
0: Hey everyone, so excited to have you here today with us, Amy and Emily. We are going to be talking about the dirty truth about eating clean, digging into some of the details around what eating clean really looks like in our lives, how it affects our lives, and how some of this might apply to what eating clean looks like for you if you're just getting started. So Emily, so excited to chat with you today. This is our first like non-interview style conversation podcast.
1: Me too. I'm really excited. Um, I think it's going to be a relevant topic for the week that we've had too at home. Um, it's vacation week. We're doing renovations. There's a lot of reality checks
0: going on in our household. <laughs> oh man, I'm not even home this week. I'm in LA helping with some family stuff. Some of some of the folks who um, join me at cooking with a full plate know that my dad has brain cancer and so we're like dealing with a bunch of stuff with that and we're here helping take care of him but I have the two kids with me in tow and it's just like life is really real I think for everybody right now
1: honestly I'm not sure it gets much more real than that you're traveling you're dealing with you know your dad being sick and little kids and kudos to you for holding it together
0: Yeah, you know, I I have really learned that holding it together looks really different based on where you're at in your life. Oh, and by the way, my husband's running the Boston Marathon today as we're recording. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And it's a beautiful
1: dreary 30 degree rainy day here in
0: boston (laughs) oh man i feel so bad for him he has worked so hard for this and he had big aspirations to best what he did last year and trained so hard which has involved a lot of sacrifices from our whole family as you know and he's gonna do his best which is something we talk a lot about with our son (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. Whether in races and factors that you can't control, it's so hard to just let go of it. But it, there's a lot of that parallel with parenting and, and feeding your family too. It's like I
0: was religion. thinking as yeah, yeah. I was thinking as I said, do your best. That that actually was a perfect segue into our conversation <laughs> around the realities of eating clean with a family, with kids, with all of the things that happen in life because. I'm doing my best, but it does not look like what I think a lot of people look like when they picture, oh, that family eats healthy. Right. And I'm sort of excited to demystify or like take away that myth of when you eat healthy, when you develop the habit that everything's perfect and wholesome and you don't have any of the struggles and by the way, my sister and brother-in-law are out picking up donuts for breakfast this morning. So like our reality is a mix of like constantly trying to find balance and eat some vegetables every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Our kitchen is under renovation.
1: And so that makes it super hard for me to prepare those sort of healthy chopping up snacks. And I, we sort of just randomly are like, let's just tear down this wall. So there's no like, oh, three weeks ahead, I froze a bunch of stuff. Like, nope. It was like, can I get it under that towel so I can grab a banana for someone? Or, um, you know, I usually like to start with this really awesome breakfast with eggs and veggies and um, and sauerkraut because I love that with my coffee. But it just has not happened for three days. And whenever I start off bad... I end bad at the end of the day. Um, I'm like too much chocolate, too much processed stuff going to the cupboard or, you know, cabinet. I'm like an old lady cupboard, um, <laughs> to the cabinet for, you know, pros, not processed stuff, but you know, snacks and instead of, you know, chopping veggies and stuff. So it's been one of those weeks where we've eaten at Chipotle, we've eaten at, you know, a Thai place. We've done things that we never do, um, just to get through the days and, Some of it is kind of fun and novelty, and some of it is like a huge regret, you know? Um, Yeah.
0: But I can't sit there and think about that. So here we are. It's (laughs) such an interesting thing because I'm having the same thing being here, not in my environment, which like in my house, my entire strategy for eating well is to keep junk out of the house. And that's not because we don't eat junk. Um, but I, I know personally for me, if I have it in the house, I'll eat all of it. And you and I have talked before about like digging into the container of goldfish because life gets stressful and kids are crying Mm -hmm. and it's like four thirty, which is not quite close enough to the time that my husband gets home from work. And I'm like eating handfuls of goldfish. And so I've learned that if I don't have those things in my house, it makes it a lot harder to eat them because I'm not going to go to the store to buy goldfish to gorge on. Right. Like. In that moment. And now being here out of my environment at my parents' house, they have a lot of really healthy stuff. My dad's on a ketogenic diet and we're like really being careful about what he eats. But it's so interesting how that hasn't translated to necessarily the best things for me to eat. So it's like there's potato chips in the cabinet, which is a total novelty for me. Um, There's also like a ton of candy because my mom, likes candy but has a level of self-control that I've just never had and so she can keep Swedish fish around and not eat them but I just don't (laughs) find that to be the case and so like last night as I'm like digging handfuls of Swedish fish thinking like I don't care about eating sugar it's okay here and there but I'm not even enjoying this. Have you ever eaten something so
1: fast that you're like that was not worth it like you you realize at the end of it that you
0: All the time. And this is exactly (laughs) the kind of stuff that I'm talking about and why I don't keep this stuff in my house is like, I can find a real joy in being like, I want a great scone. I'm going to go on Yelp and I'm going to look for the best scone in Seattle. And then we're going to like take an outing and we're going to enjoy it. And I have not always felt this way, but I have really like perfected for me, the art of being like, Separating and being like, I feel no guilt about this. This isn't. I I've been calling it intentional indulgence. Like this is a choice that I made, and then I did it. Mm-hmm. But the things that really trigger me from a like guilt and food perspective are exactly what you're talking about. Those things where I'm like, that food controlled me because I I didn't even know I was making that choice, and suddenly my hand is like elbow deep in a bag of Costco Swedish fish. <laughs> like, what? Yeah am i doing here this isn't even what i
1: want i know i know and i have the same tactic where i can't i can't buy it like endangered species caramel like squares if i buy that at market basket or that's our grocery store here it will be gone before my husband gets home from work so i
0: can't buy it because he'll be like did you eat that and i'll be like "Yup." Like that's that's why you're talking. making a mistake. I just hide all evidence. The problem with goldfish is those are my husband's snacks. So he'll be like, where'd all my goldfish go? But if I buy my own snacks, the kind that he doesn't like, which is like, he doesn't like baked goods and I don't like ice cream. So the ice cream is his uh-huh. and the baked goods are mine. So he won't even notice if I ate all the cookies. Yes. But I notice, right? Which is what actually matters.
1: Yes. No, we're the same way. I'm the ice cream. You know, we don't really eat a lot of ice cream anymore, but it's some kind of frozen dairy, non-dairy dessert or whatever. But always in the past, ice cream could care less about cookies, brownies, whatever. My husband was a cookies person. So- same thing. Like, I'm like, I'll buy these cause I won't eat them.
0: You know? Yep. Um, yeah. and then of course he's like, why'd you buy these? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because of course my husband gets a pass because he's running marathons right now. So like mm-hmm. from a health perspective, not ultimately forgiving, but from a like weight maintenance perspective, which I think for a lot of us is A trigger for knowing that you're off course. Yes. He just needs the fuel so he can like horse anything and it's fine. And I have to remind myself that I can't keep up with him because if I get 30 minutes of exercise a day, I'm lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we joke that our three year old has gotten my husband's ice cream sweet tooth and my baked good sweet tooth. And so all he wants is sweets. And the other day he was literally lying on the ground at the end of the day. He was so tired and probably hadn't eaten enough because he never has eaten enough and we can't get him to. And he's lying on the ground being like sugar, 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 just chanting sugar. And I'm thinking like, this is not what I envisioned for my life and my family when I Wait, when you went, was to like the- I'm gonna, I'm not gonna feed my kids fruit first because I don't want them to develop a sweet tooth. And it's like, here's a three year old chanting sugar. And I kind of wish you got it on video. <laughs> I If I hadn't been, you know, wrangling the eleven month old and also like banging my head against the yeah. wall, <laughs> while it was happening. I might have thought to capture that.
1: I know, I know, and it seems like you've been doing a little bit more, you know. "quote unquote not you know real single mom but single momming lately with the travel and your husband training and working so much so you really are just like yeah you're in it right now.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's given me a real appreciation. I I joke about this sometimes but when I was teaching at Whole Foods it's really easy to be a very clean eater and to have a lot of restrictions I should say because we were doing a lot of like vegan stuff and green smoothies all the time and all that when you don't have kids and I think back to the things I taught in classes now which were not exclusively to people who didn't have kids right it just was where I was at in my life and I think about the type of advice that I gave and I'm like wow I had no idea what the reality of eating healthy with a family looks like that you have multiple opinions From the second your kids are born, you have like multiple opinions you're catering to. You have less time than you ever thought possible, less energy to think about it than you ever thought possible. And it's just just been a really fascinating journey to sort of start adjusting my expectations of myself and my family and... I've been trying to practice. It's not something I'm good at, but something I'm practicing is just giving myself grace and saying, we're going to have donuts and we're going to have some fruit this morning. And then we're going to move on with our lives. And at lunch, we'll have some vegetables maybe. (laughs) And then we'll keep living.
1: You know what? I want to clap because (laughs) I think every parent who has ever received any advice from a non-parent who is doing everything methodically and perfectly and without variables would just go, Oh my God. Yes. Like that quote, you know, I was the best parent before I had children. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's so And, and I'm just as guilty as anyone and anyone out there who doesn't have children and is reading really well, you know, this isn't really a knock at you, but it is a reality check to say, maybe I need to think twice about The way that i'm wrapping my head around what it looks like and have a little more grace for other people and um and i think we always yeah we're all seeking that and that just totally resonates with me because with every subsequent child it became more complicated um and it does for everyone and there are certain things you can do but i was reading this book last night you know before i passed out i think i got 10 pages of it and that's a lot i know i know um (laughs) But you know what? I was kind of half waiting for the baby to wake, so I was like, I may as well not go to sleep. Um, I know so that he- too well. <laughs> it's called Heal Your Mind, and it's by um, Louisa Hay. Do you remember, do you know anything about that author? She's an awesome no, I don't author, but she's a great resource. She actually recently passed away, but she has a whole story. You'll have to look it up, Google it. But it talked a lot about. I was reading a chapter about anxiety, which is something I've always dealt with. I know most people have had some level of anxiety in their life and one of the things it was talking about was to just completely erase the could have should have would have of your life mm. you know you cannot have regrets like that you have to say that's what happened that's what i did and what could i do next time what could i do differently instead you talk about the future your opportunities and while i was reading that i thought oh my god it, it's so applicable to even things we talk about in this podcast. Like you need to let go of your past behaviors and your relationships with food as much as possible and think about what you could do differently in the future. Or you could give yourself grace. Like you're saying, like, should I beat myself up? No, I should say I did that. you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll move on. And maybe I'll do better next time. Maybe I won't, but I'm not going to look back every time, you know?
0: Yeah. What you're saying is resonating with me so deeply. I actually took a deep breath during that. I was like, I need to let this soak in because you often hear your people say like, we're shooting ourselves to death, right? Like you're spending so much time on, I should do this or I should have done that. And I love this idea on focusing on could have, like I could have made a better choice than eating half a bag of Swedish fish last night. What can I do to empower myself to do that? And for me, the answer might be as simple as like buying the bottle of wine so that I can have the glass of wine I really wanted, but was substituting with something else and then ended up eating more of than it would have taken to just like satisfy that place where I was like, needed an adult indulgence at the end of a long, difficult day. Mm-hmm. And it could really be that simple if instead, if I focused on that instead of being like, oh my God, how did I do that? And now, you know, the scale is going to reflect it and I need to work out more and all of these things, which is Mm -hmm. not actually how I'm feeling, but is something I have felt like countless times in the past. Mm -hmm. Let me ask
1: you a question when it comes to, this is something that I think applies to our topic, but it is just a sort of a personal aspect of life. I find that there are times or stages of my life, it could be a week, could be a month, could be a day where I feel so on it. You know what I mean? I feel so like I'm in uh, my massage therapist called it, you're in the vortex. Like everything in your life is now integrated well. You're on the food, you're on your mm-hmm. mental health, you're your parenting, your you know, your house is kind of clean and you're just like or you know, your work is going great. Yeah. And we used to call
0: that mind. flow at Whole Foods. Yeah. That was like yeah. a big keyword. Like yeah. when are you in the flow? So yes. Totally with you,
1: and then there's the there's the spiraling down vortex where like you just said, you're negative, talk to yourself, you're negative, oh my God, why did I eat that uh, chocolate and then and the house is so messy, and the kids are whining because I'm not paying attention to them, and I'm not ahead of my work or whatever, and all of a sudden, you eating something you wish you didn't eat becomes mm-hmm. my life is a disaster. <laughs> Yes. Whereas if you had the wherewithal to say, it's okay, I wanted that, I ate it and I'm taking it with me to my next day, you know, and instead of this spiraling down. So I find that if I'm not up, I'm down and mm-hmm. jumping from one to the other can be quite the heave. But yeah, um, I think grace is such an important aspect of eating well or trying to eat well, or just trying to take care of yourself, whether it's eating or th- negative thoughts, um, Yeah, it's all related.
0: Well, they're so closely related, right? And I think, you know, especially when you're responsible for other tiny lives, like the stress for healthy eating for me now is heavily wrapped up in, I want to lay a good foundation for my kids and I want them to be healthy and I want them to know how to live healthy lives. And it is easy If you don't stay focused on the macro of like, this is for their whole life, not just for this one day, to start thinking like, oh, I, I shouldn't have let them do that or I should have done this differently. And I've been starting to question like, should dessert be at the end of the meal or should I start exploring like how to not motivate kids with sweets and those kinds of things. And all of these are things that I'm thinking about. But if I think about them as like, in the future, should I do this? It feels good. Like I'm being proactive. But if I think about like, oh my goodness, I've ruined my three-year-old already because he's yeah. on the ground chanting sugar, then it feels not productive. It just feels, whoa. Yes. yes. The productive word
1: is, is exactly what I'm hearing. When you're telling me this, I'm thinking, and you're wasting all this time where you could be doing something fun or prepping your next healthy meal or... just
0: enjoying this laying
1: on the floor with your son that you have (laughs) that's what I would want to do
0: like well yeah let's start a a song about sugar (laughs) I I too want sugar (laughs) never more so now than when you are lying on the ground chanting you know
1: I might get down and just go wine wine (laughs) wine
0: but you know me so well
1: (laughs) no I get it I get it I I
0: Yeah, I love this. And I think one of the things we had talked about in the lead up to this podcast was talking about the realities of what healthy eating actually looks like. And I think both of us had similar anxieties in our interviews being aired in the first couple of episodes. Episodes one and two were us interviewing each other and revealing the inner workings of how healthy eating works in our family. And I don't know about you, but I walked away feeling like I shared a lot of realities, like all of it was real and I didn't necessarily share all of the realities. Yep. and so we wanted to come here and kind of peel back that later layer and say, even though we're here talking about healthy eating, we don't have it all figured out, and there are a lot of complexities to making this happen. And kind of like, if you're listening and you're feeling like you don't have it all figured out, we're with you. We're here trying to have conversations so that all of us can understand each other a little bit better and know the common struggles and figure out how to do better and focus on that instead of focusing on what we're doing wrong, right?
1: Right, yeah, the last thing I want to do is come off as like, we do everything perfectly, but there are drawbacks and challenges that we all experience and every single
0: day. Yes, yes, and I think your family probably fits a little bit more in that like clean eating category. (laughs) Because, because of necessity, because of the way that food makes you feel, which is something I'm a huge proponent of, is like not focusing on foods that are good or bad that someone else has defined, but finding what works for you and what feels good to you and making those decisions accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of the challenges of eating in a way that suits your family, in a way that you've found nourishes your family, and navigating that in a real world that doesn't necessarily support that. hmm
1: Sure. I, you know what? It is a challenge because even though I sit here and I say like, oh, we're not perfect. We're not perfect, but we are pretty strict because of necessity. So it's not like, um, you know, I do have, we have quite a few indulgences that some people laugh at because they're like, my kid would not count that as dessert. And I'm like, well, somehow we've, we've managed to pull that off.
0: (laughs) Can you give an example of what that is? I'm super curious. There was
1: one point where in the summer I can get away with frozen fruit as dessert amazing old or like we could make a popsicle if i'm really really organized and like two weeks beforehand
0: i'm like oh, i'm gonna make popsicle on a whim um, and then you've forgotten about them and then yeah. they're ready but for
1: some reason if we just like kind of yell with excitement with them they're like yay and i'm like i know this isn't gonna last but at least i could do it until they like are around a ton of like peers and their friends are like i'm eating this or whatever i don't know totally so, so what i'm saying is Our reality of eating is pretty strict. However, there are many challenges and drawbacks. And number one, this is our one battle. Like we have given up a lot of other parenting struggles just to make sure that this continues because everything's exhausting. Like our kids are awful sleepers awful. Like always in our beds. We're always sweating, kicking each other. We're never sleeping well because I don't have the energy to fight all the battles. And I'm like, this is a battle. I've, I've wait, I'm waving my white flag. Like we got a King size bed. Someday you'll sleep in your own bed and I'll be pulling you out, you know, trying to get you to go to school. And it's because I suck at sleep training and I am a sucker for a kid who's crying. And I, and I envy people who have, figured that out. And I'm sure their children are perfectly healthy, And but I'm terrified. And so I guess what I'm saying is we all have these battles, right? And some people don't want to fight the food battle because they've got a kid who's super picky or whatever the reason is. Maybe it's hard to just get them to eat anything. But for us, this became the one battle. So all of our Eggs
0: are in our food basket. You know yeah. What I mean? It actually goes exactly to what you were talking about with the Heal Your Mind book. And I'm going to include a link to that in the show notes that, so that people can find it, including me, because it sounds like I need it. Um, but of this focusing not on should, like I should have my kids be perfect sleepers and learning to read by the time they're two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows what other shoulds I, I'm sure I have a million of them that are just not at the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But you've really gone all in on one. And it goes to this idea that I feel often, which is like, you only have so much energy, period. And you only have so much self-control, period. And that goes for adults and for kids. And I think we often overestimate both of our levels of self-control and energy to dedicate to things. And it's like, people might look at your guys eating. And I think even I do. And I'm like, oh man, they're doing so well at this. Like I... I'm failing comparatively, right? I'm failing comparatively. And I just so appreciate your honesty in saying we might be really succeeding there because life has told us that's where we need to focus our efforts and that's where we put our energy. But that doesn't mean we also get to have a clean house and mm-hmm. a Pinterest worthy playroom and yeah. you know, yeah. kids who are at the top of their class. Who knows what people no, are worried I, I, about? Yeah.
1: Exactly. And for me, it's, it's, it's also like, I'm realizing how behind my kids are. At least it feels that way. They don't have a lot of organized activities because one, I'm using my energy to get the food on the table. And two, we don't have any money for it because our food is expensive. So when yeah. people are like, my kid has signed up for three things, I'm like, my kid has signed up for one and I actually can't even afford it. <laughs> like, yeah. So now, don't get me That's wrong. That's real. I- <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to rebalance it. I've got them in swim lessons now. I'm trying to give them other life skills. I'm trying to not obsess too much about the food, but it took us a long time to get a a flow with our food and feeding the family and figuring out who will eat what that's not that expensive but still fits the bill. And so it's like I'm waxing and waning and I'm starting to think about okay, I can forgive some of this stuff as long as we do the bare minimum, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my point is just because I might be feeding them really well doesn't mean that I've nourished them in every facet of their life perfectly.
0: Um, and I'm still struggling with many battles. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that you're not perfect. You're pretty fantastic. I hope you know that. But I'm glad to know I'm, the only, I'm not the only not perfect one here.
1: Yeah. I think no, nobody Nobody is. Who wants to be
0: perfect? How boring. How boring. That nope. might be my favorite thing about being an adult is being self-aware enough to be like this is who I am and I'm like so far from perfect it's laughable yeah. and take me as I am not cuz I don't try to do better but this is kind of who I am. Yeah. And they say every,
1: everybody I am not sorry. Everybody's, everybody's everybody's normal until you get to know them. So it's like, "Oh. <laughs> um so and you know, it can be a little bit alienating for my kids too and I feel bad for them because they we go to a birthday party. I'm like, you can eat the fruit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's a challenge that I'm still trying to navigate. People are getting a little more aware and, and, and being sensitive to that.
0: Um, but it's a challenge. How, how do your kids seem to feel about that? And have you seen any like changes in them in terms of the choices that they make from doing this so often at home?
1: Um, yes, actually just recently, we were at a birthday party where they did have some like decent, like they had some gluten-free snack and fruit. And I was like, hallelujah. I don't feel like I have to say no to everything. Um, but then there was cake and my five-year-old who's not the one who's gluten free. And I was like, you can have some cake if you want. And she was like, I don't want cake. It has too much sugary frosting. <laughs> That's so sweet. And I felt so bad because I had to tell the mom, like, I, she doesn't want the cake. It's I don't, I'm not telling her not to eat it. I, you know, like I'm trying to let her be. <laughs> it's not <me. laughs> Um, and she won't do that every time, but I think she's, she said, I'd rather go home and eat my Easter candy. And yeah. I was like, fair enough. You just made a choice. And I, so that was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm not just restricting them. They're starting to get some kind of message or they're at least starting to notice how they feel afterwards. And they're not always going to be perfect like that. And, and Maddie happens to be, a very methodical kid who thinks ahead and plans ahead. That's her personality. So I think I'll see differences in all of them. But for me, it was a little gratifying. It was like, oh, like, good. Like you're understanding what's going to make you feel you know, good or not bad or whatever, and and planning ahead for the treat that you do want because you're like me at the end of the week, I want to have wine, so I'm not gonna eat these potato chips. You know,
0: this is so full circle because it's exactly what I was talking about as an adult struggling with the idea of intentional indulgence. And it's something I'm really working with my kids on as well to say you can have that, but you can't have everything. Mm. That doesn't just apply to food, as I say it, I realize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does apply to food, too. And it's like, it's not that we don't eat sugar, but we took a 10-day, I called it a 10-day sugar break before Easter, because I just felt like it had gotten out of control. As I was, like, horfing cookies myself, and then my son was chanting sugar, I was like, I think we need a break, because... <laughs> clearly we're and and, you know I've read all the research I know that sugar is addictive so I don't even put that as a judgment on us but it is my job as a parent to see that and be like all right we need to separate ourselves this has become an unhealthy obsession mentally not even so much physically but also physically yeah and so we took a 10-day sugar break and I really struggled with how to talk to my three-year-old about it because I didn't want it to feel like a diet or restriction and I was like you know this is actually really simple And I often think about something you said in one of our first episodes, which is like, it isn't easy, but it's simple, which is like, we are taking a break from sugar because it's not great for us. And we're just going to practice enjoying the sweetness in things that are naturally sweet. And so we ate fruit instead of eating like sugary treats where we might normally have a piece of candy or something. Um, And we didn't stop at the bakery on the way home from school, which is something we do like once a week as just a sanity saver for me and to get the kids out. Yeah. But it involves like a shortbread cookie, like the size of my son's head. And I was like, no, we're not going to go there today, but we can bake something at home that's naturally sweetened with sugar. And by the end of it, he was sort of saying the same thing that I was, which was like, we're just taking a break from sugar right now. And he actually told his grandma that. And I thought he gets it. Yeah. If I give him the space to get it. Yes.
1: Uh, Yeah. You know, what's so funny is one time when Maddie was three, because I knew she was into numbers, it just kind of came out of my mouth. Like, Uh, That's a number one food, which means it's the first food you should be putting in your mouth. And a number two food is like the second best. And a number three is like a dessert. And a number four is like candy. So now Maddie obsesses over making sure she has number one and number two foods to earn her three
0: and four. I love that. My three-year-old would love that because he, I think, is very similar to her. And maybe it's a first kid thing. I think it is Their personalities. But it's like, he's very much like, what's the order of things? And what can I expect? And what... Tell me what exactly is going to happen at this birthday party because I need to know. Right. What's the schedule? I'm like, I, I don't need, I just found out this morning that it was happening. I remembered and it showed up in my email.
1: Yeah. So that actually has worked really well for like almost three years for her. And I don't know where it came from. It's just like, ah, uh, that's a number one food. you know. And I have been meaning to share that with you because it might work like once in a while, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love it. My 11-month-old just eats everything. So I figure if I put some healthy things in front of him, he'll just eat them all. But definitely with the three-year-old, it's a little bit more of a struggle. And it's it's something I'm personally struggling with. And I kind of mentioned this is I'm looking more into just like different styles of feeding. And one that has really resonated with me lately is this division of responsibility in food. It's like shortened to DOR. And I need to do some more reading on it. But they have this idea of not placing value on food and like just giving them healthy choices, but not also using dessert as motivation. And it's something I've been thinking a lot about is like, how do we put accidentally put inherent value on food by the way we frame it to our kids, right? Like dessert is the most valuable thing. So I want it now. Yeah. Like I have to work hard for dessert. So it must be the best thing. Exactly. And you know what, when you shared that thing,
1: that link about that, I gave my kids M&Ms with their dinner. Like, well, you know, not M&M's, but, you know, like unreal M&M's. And my husband was looking at me like, I'm like, I
0: don't know. I'm trying something new. I don't want them to want dessert so bad. That is so funny that you said that because the other day I gave my son a piece of brownie at dinner and I'm here with my family, right? So it's like my brother and my mom and my dad. And like, there's no more supportive and loving and judging you. (laughs) group of people because because they're your family and you judge them. I'm not saying that they're judgy. Um but they were just like confused about what I was doing. And (laughs) I I was like, I am also confused. I don't know, but I'm just trying something here. (laughs) The exact same thing you said. And you know what? He didn't eat all of his food, but he did actually eat a lot more of his other food at the same time that he enjoyed his dessert too. And I thought that was kind of fascinating. I had the same share as we navigate. Sorry. I had the same result. I
1: found yeah. that they went for the dessert, then they went back to the meal. So yeah. I was maybe it's not so much dessert at the end. It could be, I'm going to have enough. So I, you know, earned a little bit dessert. But then when I say I'm hungry again, I'm going to eat the rest of my dinner. Yeah. So we don't clean up dinner as fast.
0: That's <laughs> basically. <laughs> right. It's, it's just there for the enjoying. We'll have to revisit this as we experiment more. Maybe this month we can dedicate to experimenting on our kids because, you know, what good are they if not for experimenting and then sharing it with our listeners to let them know what we found. Yeah, I'm glad you
1: told me about that, your your journey before Easter. I'm interested in in trying something like that too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think all this parenting stuff especially parenting stuff related to food, but not just parenting stuff related to food is like a series of experimentation and honoring your kids and figuring out what works and then doing it all over again, because inevitably that will stop working. Exactly.
1: Trying something new. And you know what, if you're listening and you're like, I don't think about food nearly as much as you guys do, you're probably more normal. Um, Because I noticed that some parents just don't and that's okay. They're probably like, their kids are probably less stressed. You know what I mean?
0: like, um, I, I, I would agree with you. And yet, this, I'm going to defend us right now. and okay. Defend okay. us to ourselves. I think it's always something. So to yes. your point, for you guys, it's food. But if you're listening and you don't think about food nearly as much as us, one, good for you. But there's probably something you can identify with here because you have another thing that you focus wholeheartedly on. And I would say that's absolutely normal for us as human beings. I like to think so, and we want our kids to be well-rounded, and that requires us to be well-rounded in our focus as well.
1: Exactly, and they, you know, my step, my stepfather used to always say, "There's always something in your worry spot." So, mm-hmm. what's it going to be this week? You know, and it's so true. What's
0: your focus? <laughs> Um, Well, I think that's an awesome place to leave people is there's always something in your worry spot. What's your focus this week? And hopefully we have helped folks think a little bit more or at least understand a little bit more for us how healthy eating fits in and maybe doesn't fit in on a daily basis with our families. Right. Is there anything you want listeners to take away from this conversation today? I want you all to throw away your should've,
1: could've, would've's in the garbage and just move forward, whether it's food, parenting, life, relationships, that's, that's my message, um, courtesy of Louisa
0: Hay. I love it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again next week with another awesome interview from one of your fellow mamas. Thanks for listening.